everybody. Welcome to Tennessee Wildcast, the agency Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency's podcast. Uh, here for you, trying to get the information out, keeping you all up to date on what the agency's doing and what's going on in wildlife. I've got Mr. Barry Cross with me today as the co-host. Doug's on a secret mission, I guess we could say, maybe not. <laughs> I think he's chasing some fish today. He might be. And we got Parker Swan and Bill Swan with us. Going yes. to talk a little trapping today. It's going to be a good show. Yeah, it's going to be a great show. So, uh, I'm uh, glad to have Barry in here helping us out and glad to have uh, the swans with us. So, anyway, let's uh, talk about regulations a little bit. Fishing season is around the corner. It, it's here for some it's people. Here. It's yeah. here. I, I've uh, seen a lot of good fish being caught already. Uh, I've had some pictures sent from uh, some of our agency lakes, and I've seen some good catches brought in on some tournaments out at Kentucky Lake. So, uh, fishing, fishing's picking up, and people are starting to think about it more and more. You know, we had a little bit of a cold snap, but uh, it hasn't uh, hampered anybody that's got the bug to go fishing. So, yeah, there was a, here. a picture on our Facebook not too long ago of a guy caught a sturgeon uh, down below right. Cordell Hall in the snow. So that's, that's right. Pretty. You know, and and you know, you're starting to see a lot more sturgeon being caught. And uh, uh, if you don't know, if uh, if you ever do catch one. Uh, if you can get a measurement of it and uh, possibly weigh it and uh, send that information into us, please release the fish because uh, mm-hmm. uh, these fish, it takes them about 10 to 15 years to reach maturity to uh, breed in the wild. Right. And uh, there's been a, a, a good effort being made to uh, restore these fish to a, uh, a sport fish in the state and uh, i think mm-hmm. uh, i think we're making headway and there is a law against keeping them so that's not a suggestion that is right, right. a rule so uh, put them back and enjoy catching them but make sure you put them back right and um we got and you can look that up in the fishing guide which, which is out is now. out and we want to show be in stores near you yeah uh, show some some of the changes for the 2017 season just just to, uh, to highlight these and right then, uh you can find more information in your guide but it's it's out there in the stores it's online under four anglers on our website and that's tnwildlife.org and you can get all the information you need there but anyway few changes crappie limits are down on kentucky lake to 20 per day Um, still got to be 10 inches you know special licenses for uh, native tennesseans and uh, so anyway guide licenses things like that you need to to pay attention to there's not any real big changes it's no. just something you need to be aware of if you're going out and always you know take a look at the area that you're going to, mm-hmm. to make sure that you know what the limits are and the size and everything so may not be the same as last year that's right so anyway well let's get to our guests and and talk a little bit about trapping uh, we've uh had a lot going on around the state uh, with trapping. There's been uh, some outreach events and and more to come. And uh, trapping is I mean, maybe you could say it's heating up again or it's it's coming back. You know, yeah, it's it's not as popular as deer hunting or fishing or turkey hunting or something like that. But it's something people can get involved in and enjoy. And it's right. I, you know, we've another had a chance to get outside. We've had a couple of different trapper training days here in the state. And uh, Bill, you were telling me that. Uh, you're involved in one of those, right? Or well, I, I, I do a trapper education uh, um, instructor for the agency, mm-hmm. uh, volunteer instructor. You know, I want to hit on something you said, though, about uh, you did trapping coming back, and we talk about this in the classes. 
when you're driving around the road in November, December, you see orange vests, four-wheelers on a trailer, you know, and you say, oh, those guys are deer hunting. Mm -hmm. But, and you see somebody pulling a bass boat, that guy's going fishing or a John Boater, mm -hmm. John Boat Camo, that guy's going duck hunting. Yeah. But when you see just a pickup truck driving down the road and somebody with a, you know, just a jacket on and a regular hat and maybe a few buckets in the back of their truck, you might think they're going working. You'd never know they might be a trapper. So you don't, true. it's not, um, uh, they're out there. You just, they're mm. just not as noticeable. There's a lot more people that trap than you, than you would think. It's a, um, 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 you just don't, they're just not as obvious. Right. Now, it, like a uh, small game, you know, small game hunters have kind of waned off over the years, but they're still out there. Has trapping seen the same, same loss or is, or is you know, it I still think gaining popularity that's that's a that's a tough question to answer i've you know i haven't re really haven't kept up with you know the numbers um of people that trap but i know when i go to these the trapping conventions that tennessee fur harvesters has a great one at fall creek falls every year mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of people show up there yeah um when i do the trapping classes you know the trapper education classes um have a good turnout mm -hmm. you know um when you talk to people um that are uh out there you know about trapping they're always interested and want to learn more you know i i can sit here and probably think of three or four people just this year that um you know it, it, i've taken them or talked to them about it and they've gotten interested and now they just take off with it right um it's just another good reason to be outside yeah you know you've got a um you know, I heard one one fellow say, you know, well, you go sit in a deer stand, you know, in a blind, just sit there long enough, you'll get one, you know. But now, when you get out here in the uh, in the outdoors, and you're going to go one on one with some coyotes, or or maybe you're trying to catch foxes, or depending on what you're after, you know, it's it's a I don't want to use the word cat and mouse, but you know, it's a game of wits. I mean, well, that's you gotta, what I was thinking. There's kind of a science to yeah, absolutely. Being you got to know the trap. you got to know the animal, and, I, and like we were talking before the show here. Even if it's if you're after flying squirrels in your attic, you know you still got to know. You know you got to know that how to catch them. I mean that's mm -hmm. um, and that's a great thing that the agency offers is this trapper education class. We hit on that. That's what I want to hit on first. I mean what what all's involved in trapper ed? Okay, trapper ed is um, I call it the uh, hitting the high spots of trapping. We'll give you the basic, no different than hunter. We'll give everybody the basic general information to go to the woods safely. We're gonna give you the basic information to uh, go trapping and, and automatically or not automatically but um, uh, we're going to give you that information is going to make you have the your odds of success are going to be so much greater mm -hmm. after coming to a class there's so many things we talk about that, you know, that like before the show i told you that you know when i started trapping i, I had no clue you had there was any kind of preparation work to your traps i had no clue there was a certain way you did stuff for different animals i had no clue there was you know, so you just go out there and learn by trial and error. But by having the trapper education course available, a guy that maybe uh, has trapped a little in the past, or maybe he's a veteran trapper, or maybe he's never trapped a day in his life, he can come to these classes. Um, doesn't matter, you know, he or she or how old you are, uh, you can still come to these classes and you'll walk away with a basic knowledge that will make you your, your increase your odds of success. Right. Um, 
dramatically. And, and by the way, these classes can be found on tmwildlife.org. Uh, find out how to sign up and, and where they're located throughout Yeah, the there's state. actually a, a new page now dedicated to it. Um, there was, was a little confusion between the Trapper Ed and Hunter Ed classes, which you were signing up for, but mm-hmm. now I think it's been separated. So, right. uh, But, yeah, I would definitely recommend, um, you know, uh, if, a, if a person's interested in getting into trapping, definitely looking for one of those classes. And hopefully there will be some more of them um, in the future. Kind you of know, reduce uh, that learning curve, I guess. And absolutely. I mean, you know, it's uh, – I, when I was – I keep. I always refer back to my experience because it was. It definitely was a trial and error learning curve. I didn't even know you were supposed to wear gloves. You know, I mean, yeah. so <laughs> if I just touch that trap, I've immediately ruined any chance I had of catching a coyote mm-hmm. or even a fox. Now, whereas with a raccoon, though, if I touch that trap, they're going to associate that with food if they've ever been around. So I might increase my chances. You know, so just yeah. things like that. You know, and um, even setting the trap up. Everybody thinks you need, or I'd say everyone, but some people might think you need a real hair trigger on a trap, but really you don't. You know, you might want to make that pan pressure, what fires the trap, um, heavier, and you can actually be selective now. So like, unlike I didn't know, I was catching skunks. So I can up, up my pan pressure when a skunk steps on it, it wouldn't fire the trap. So I've just become I've just become yeah. selective with my trapping. So I've yeah. I've ruled out not that you wouldn't ever catch one, but you know I've I've reduced the chances unless that's what I'm after. Lots of little nuances. I didn't know what the difference in traps are. I mean, I I thought the the steel jaw was illegal uh, until I talked to you. But you can use steel jaw, and there are other types of traps. Yeah, there's um. Okay, so in Tennessee, uh, the law, um, I think it categorizes traps into three categories. And we're not talking about cage traps, so, but mm-hmm. you have steel jaw trap, a rubber jaw or soft catch trap, and then you have snares. Mm-hmm. So a steel jaw trap um, uh, would be, they would both look almost identical, except the rubber jaw would have a, or the soft catch trap would have a rubber laminate in, inside the jaws where it actually catches the the um, animals holds the animal's foot um is that what we're seeing right here yes that's a rubber jaw that's correct that you can see the there's some screws there holding that that's a replaceable material too so it and when it wears out you can replace it uh, that's a fox i believe um that um now the steel jaw trap it basically looks the same um but it um it has to be used in a water application stream creek tributary pond man-made reservoir mm-hmm. um like we were talking about earlier the best way to decide is you can't put it in a mud hole in a logging road yeah you know that's not that's not considered an impoundment mm. um but yes or a uh, steel jaw can be used on the on dry ground but it has to be 12 inches in a burrow okay inside a hole or you know 12 inches back so there's a lot of things that you're going to learn in trapper red specifics right. like that you know the the rules and regs and and te- some techniques and absolutely I, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell everybody you know it, you, we could sit here and, and we could do a, a six-hour radio or a, a, a wildcast on just uh trap preparation or tuning traps i mean you yeah. know there's so many little tricks and things you can do to um you know just to adjust your traps so a lot of the traps uh, some of the more expensive stuff uh right out of the box comes pretty much you know, set at three pounds of pan pressure and pans already adjusted. And, um, 
we talk about that. You know, if a guy wants to spend a little extra and cut down on some of that preparation work, um, yes. And then bedding the trap, you know, so if you're, if you're walking to your deer stand before daylight and you step on something that moves under your foot, I mean, you don't put all your weight on it and try to, right. you move. And so if an animal walks up to your trap set and he steps on the outer jaw, you know, and the whole ground rocks under his feet, he's going to try to figure out what that was now. And he's not going to step there. Right. So we talk about bedding the trap, make a good solid trap bed. Solid to put base. Yes, yeah, so the trap doesn't move except mm-hmm. when he steps in the pan, it fires. So, and, um, you know, trap red, I guess, is a good way to do that. But then there's all these different events. That's that, right. That I know you've been a part of here recently um, that you've helped out uh, was at the uh, Buffalo Ridge. Is that? No, I, I didn't get, I didn't oh, make didn't it up. To to I was out of town for that weekend. Yeah. Okay. Um, now but what that's I, a good that's a good example. Absolutely, that's the Tennessee Fur Harvest and the agency um, did that in, in um, together. Uh, absolutely, there's one coming up. I think this weekend uh, at Hawassee. Okay, I believe that's next uh, uh, Friday. Depending Saturday. on when this show airs, it may have already passed, but that may, there, okay. there are events out there. Absolutely, for these for folks to to learn. Yeah, more. and you just need to go to the uh, Tennessee Fur Harvester website. It's a good place to. Um, and the agency website, I'm sure, would mm-hmm. uh, have that information there. So what kind of more in-depth additional information do you think these folks will get at these different events like that? I mean, compared to the Hunter Ed. Oh, the yeah. Well, they're, they're going to um, – um, they'll, they'll talk about uh, preparing the traps. You know, when you buy traps brand new, they're, um, they have an oil coating since it's metal. I mean, all metal – brand new metal has oil on it to keep it from rusting. So they'll talk about how to do trap prep because the oil has an odor to it and how to mm-hmm. descent or unscent your traps, whatever. You're going to talk about different types of baits and lures. Um, you're going to talk about how to target certain animals. I mean, if you want to be water trapping versus coat and canine trapping, you're going to learn how to catch bobcats, foxes, raccoons, um, you know, mink, otter, all the different fur bearers out there. Um, you'll yeah. go through... Um, yeah, you just, learn to identify a lot of different animals too, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Identify that and by their tracks. You right. know, I always tell, um, you know, people will find a, a canine track, you know, and there's always a couple of obvious things you look for. We talk about how to, you know, how to, d- to tell the two different, just at a glance, you know, how to tell a canine from a bobcat. You know, the a bobcat uh, has retractable claws, mm-hmm. so there obviously wouldn't be any claw marks in there. Yeah. Um, and knowing, you know, the looking for sign and, you know, another thing uh, that, that they'll learn is location, location, location. You know, if you don't have good sign, don't set a trap there. And if you do have good sign, where would you set the trap? You know, right. if you're at a two or three roads are intersecting there, that's a great place because those animals will run those roads no different than you and I would. So, you know, road intersections, I mean, this all those, like I said, you could go on for, you could, you know, you could spend a whole um, day just talking about locations. You know, and, but and there's so many little things you'll, you know, you'll get that will uh, definitely help you. And, and trapping it, the nose is what gets them right. I mean, you put out a scent that well, brings them to. You know, I, I, I always uh, say, okay, so uh, if we're after a coyote and he walks out into your food plot at your hunting club, and say that food plot's four acres, and I've got a trap that's you know six inches in diameter, the jaw spread is laying there in the center of that field. Now, mm-hmm. how do I get him there? Uh, that's one thing what if the wind's not blowing towards him though so when you walk into a field if there was a um 
you know, one tuft of grass that was taller than the rest, your eyes will naturally focus on that one thing. Mm-hmm. So a guy could put a, you know, a, a shed antler out there or a, a bone or a, a wing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, maybe you've been duck hunting, you got some wing feathers or something, you could put a few wing feathers. So now I've given the coyote, I've got him focused, you know, from 100 feet away. So now I've 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 taken three acres and turned it into maybe a 10-foot radius. So I've got him to that point. And then once I've got him there, maybe maybe I've scattered some feathers around on the ground. Now I've got his curiosity up. And then um, maybe even I've put a dirt hole set in there if you got a mm-hmm. – and so I've now well, – now he's looking around the – there you go. Now he's around those feathers. He's found this burrow that maybe has a, you know, a mouse or something down in there. So – I've just taken a coyote that was in a three-acre field, and I've I've got him into a two to three feet of where my trap is now. Is there a trap in that picture right there? There is. It's actually in the bottom right-hand corner of that picture. Um, oh, you can't see it though. You can't see it. So that it's down down here. So you you basically set the trap. You've got a firm bed, and then you cover it with dirt. Sifted dirt, and you want to put some kind of a pan cover over the pan or under the pan because mm-hmm. we don't want to get any um i wouldn't want a hickory nut to get up under the pan then when he stepped on it, it wouldn't fire the trap mm-hmm. so you, you want to keep the under the pan clear of debris you can do that with a pan cover you can do that um, with a filler that can be put under the pan mm-hmm. um, that's one way of you know keeping that free of obstruction then we sift the dirt over the trap so we don't put any rocks or anything that can, i had to um a situation where you know uh, I, don't, I don't really know what it was but something was digging the dirt hole and dug a rock out or flung a stick mm-hmm. back up on my trap and then stepped in the trap and the trap fired and the stick kept the jaws from shutting all the way oh wow mm-hmm. yeah. so um that's another reason to sift the dirt you know mm-hmm. and you don't ever want to get sent on your trap because you don't want you want to lure the animal be beyond the trap right you want to step in it looking at something beyond it not you know yeah the trap itself I heard that's one, where the gloves come in that's right yeah. you don't want to touch the trap I've, i have two two sets of gloves one i call them the scent free gloves and the scented gloves one set of gloves for handling the equipment one set of gloves for handling the lure and bait hmm. <laughs> and that leather i guess or whatever type of glove you're using doesn't does uh, it affect the the trap and how the yes i mean i you don't want to a leather has an odor so i use a um Matter of fact, there's a company called Big Game Gut Glove. They sell these big orange, right. mm-hmm. you know, or I guess they're different colors, blue and yellow. They come up pretty high. I wear those just to, you know, to keep my scent off the traps, mm-hmm. keep my clothes fairly clean if it's muddy. Um, and then, like I say, I, I got the disposable surgical style mm-hmm. gloves. I just carry them, and they're inexpensive, and you can buy a box of 100 and, yeah. you know, just – handle your lure and then you know you take one off and right, do the same yeah. time and then throw it all away yeah don't get it on you hmm. let's uh unless you got something else barry let's show some huh? of the pictures you've okay. sent us and we'll talk about some of the stuff that's going on in those shots uh here's a bobcat that's what kind bob- of trap is that uh that is either a uh i can't tell it's either a sleepy creek Number three, soft catch or MB550 uh, two coil trap. Um, I use, uh, um, like we were talking about earlier in the show, I tend to, you know, you can buy an inexpensive trap for $12, $13 a piece, or you can spend $18, $20 a piece 
and get a you know a little bit better quality trap um i won't get into all the big different or big um differences in the two but um a little bit better made mm-hmm. center swivel we've got more swivel better chain um more adjustable features and um that's exactly that's number three sleepy creek mm-hmm. there's another bobcat yep there's a, a raccoon yeah now that's a uh that trap there you can't hardly tell it's there but if you look down at the base of that tree on the right hand of the screen that's a that's what they call a dog proof trap or a coon cuff trap style trap um i really recommend that if a guy's uh wanting to get into trapping raccoons are relatively easy to catch um and that trap is good around houses where you you can get a house cat in it um, but we do want to remember though that uh, traps only hold the animal they don't do any uh <laughs> i got a laugh out of barry on the house cat we must be the story behind that but um the uh um they are any animal i don't carry any inhumane products uh, there are there are you know their leg hold traps just hold them this coon cuff just holds the raccoon if you want to turn that animal loose you can mm-hmm. um one thing a, a you know a, a trapper needs to have is a good uh catch pole um mm-hmm. for handling the animal the way to handle them you there's not an animal out there i can catch that uh that i can't turn loose if needed mm-hmm. there's a coyote that, uh, important to have that tool with this with this guy. Now coyotes are a little tough to handle with a catch pole, but you can. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can. You can. You know, they're they're just a stronger. Yeah. You just have to be a little more. Uh, um, you know, you're dealing with a thirty or forty pound coyote there versus a you know four to five pound raccoon, six right. pound raccoon. Uh, coyote can exert a little more force, but right. when you've got him with the catch pole, you're you're in control. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can turn them loose. There's a red fox. It's Pretty. your buddy that better watch out because he <laughs> will swing on you. Swinging him around. Yeah, they call that the catch circle. Don't get in the yeah. catch circle. Yeah. <laughs> that's a uh, that's an MB five fifty two coil trap there. That's a, I used some of those this year. Uh, I'm really impressed with that trap. It's you know for the money, uh, eighteen dollars a piece, and uh, they're really good. That's red fox. Yeah, that's show the soft yes. jaw. That's what right there. That, can you release that animal, or is he damaged? No, no, no. no the soft uh, jaw keeps him. No, there's um, well, the the soft catch and the steel jaw traps. They just hold the animal. They just grab it and hold. Mm-hmm. Um, the chains on them have swivels, mm-hmm. and so that keeps the animal from you know twisting and binding, hurt himself. Uh, and I only, he's only got about ten or twelve inches to work with when that trap is secure, unless you've got it on a long cable or something. But mm-hmm. most of the time, if you got it on a, <coughs> excuse me, a long cable. Um, they'll go up and wrap around a tree and they'll just be sitting there. I've actually walked up on a few that were, you know, sound asleep, coiled mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. They're sleeping. And, uh, they give know. up, just take a nap. Well, I mean, <laughs> it just holds them there yeah, until you get there. Yep. Let's see. I mean, what, is the, what is this right here? What we're we looking at? Uh, this, um, this was an otter style set. Uh, that hole, um, I shoveled that out, cut that into the bank, and, um, put a uh made the water about eight inches deep where it normally would have been about an inch or two i made it about eight inches eight to ten inches deep right there and made that hole back in there so when animals swimming around otter or muskrat or beaver they're real curious and they're you know they, you got to remember they're swimming around with their eyes at water level mm-hmm. right and he sees that that's good that's going to be a visual just like the bone out in the middle of the food plot 
this hole in the bank is going to be a visual attractant. Even if there's no scent in there, he's going to be curious and come over and see that. So mm-hmm. that's what that is. And then down in the water would be a leg hold trap with a uh, drowning rig. He'd step in, get caught, and he'd swim to the bottom of the lake. The um, I think we got a picture of a yeah, and I think it's right after this one. Here's here's an example of a beaver, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, the um, beaver, if you'll notice, that traps way up above his foot there. Got him um, good high leg catch. That's what you're after, and you, you achieve that through a heavy pan pressure. You know, four or five, six pounds for beaver. Uh, he puts all of his weight on it, commits to it, steps down, and it catches him high. And then there's the rebar in the picture. That's that's right. So and if you if you look right there on the go, I'm sorry. That's okay. Go I was right going to show you something we didn't even say. On that swivel right there is a trap tag. All traps have to be tagged with the uh, owner's uh, name or TWRA ID. Okay. Good that's really important. Even snares and cage traps. Okay. Mm. Uh, but yes, the rebar absolutely. Uh, the rebar has a uh, slide on it. If you look in the top left corner there, um, you see a, that's about a 35-pound beaver down there at the bottom of the lake. Um, beaver, and if you look in the bottom right-hand corner to the right of the rebar, you'll see that dug out. You can actually see my dirt where I dug it out further down in there, but that's a shelf I've created in about 10 inches of water that will allow the beaver to um, step, to climb out, and he steps in the trap, and the first thing a beaver does when he's caught or in danger is he dives to the bottom of the lake, mm-hmm. get out of sight, and he'll swim down to the bottom of the rebar. Then he gets caught down there, and he'll um, just basically dispatch himself. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Interesting. And then here's a real quick, just an example of what a class might look like if you're going to one of those classes. And you said this was held where? That was uh, Signal Mountain just outside of Chattanooga. Um, there was uh, about 20 people there in that class. That was a good class. And it's always fun to when we go to the classes there there'll always be four or five that come out of there and they're just gung-ho gotta go start trapping 90 miles an hour that's right yeah still going yeah. And you mentioned that sean edgeman right there that's right a lot of our officers know a lot about trapping don't they? that's right you know I've, I've been out on uh some of these youth events i think i went on toys one time and mm-hmm. randy husky was doing some uh, trapper training with those kids it that's where I first saw it, and yeah. it's really, really interesting, the fact that you can um, pick which leg you want to catch. You know, or Absolutely. Or, I mean, just the, the thought that goes into setting a trap around whatever it is that you're using to attract them. That's and, exactly right. Be selective. So I, I'm, my hat's off to you, man. If you're, <laughs> if you're out there doing it, maybe I get to come with you sometime. <laughs> Absolutely. I always tell people if they want to go with me, just know that they got to check, check your traps every 36 hours. I go every day. Yeah. So know that every day during trapping season, if I've got traps out, I'm going to be out checking them. So if you want to go, call me the night before. I'll call, I'll, I'll call you. I'll come carry <laughs> some stuff. I mean. <laughs> well, we got a, we got about three more minutes before time's up here, but I know there's a couple things I wanted to hit. Okay. Um, nuisance animals, wildlife extraction, and then tanning. And that's, those two things. Let's real quick hit on okay. some of that. Okay, uh, nuisance wildlife. Um, you know, I, I do that animal removal. Um, yeah, I, if if you're wanting to get into trapping, uh, I'd recommend the recreational trapping because you get less of the, the fun stuff. You're more uh, like we talked about rats and flying squirrels and you know. Um, but the techniques you learn in trapping are great for absolutely for taking care of nuisance. Absolutely, You've, it doesn't matter if you're after rats or you're after uh, bobcats. Mm-hmm. They all have a – you have to know how to catch them. That's exactly right. Um, and then uh, tanning, 
uh, uh, there's really you do it yourself or you can send it off and have it professionally done. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend everybody should try tanning something themselves just for the here again, it's just another way to enjoy the outdoors and the wildlife. Um, it's a little bit of uh, it's time consuming. And uh, if you do it yourself, you got to skin the animal, you got to flesh the animal, and go through the procedures. There's products out there you can buy it. You know any of your uh, Cabela's, Sportsman's Warehouse, um, Bass Pros, mm-hmm. um, or you can send it off and uh, and have them tanned. Now, if you're going to send them off, um, they need to be fleshed and dried, or you're going to have to FedEx it frozen. Um, the flesh and uh, that's another thing you'll learn at these. Uh, the, the like the TFA agency trapping mm-hmm. courses and and even through uh, trapper education learn how to skin and flesh and dry. I always a dried fur to me is I call it beef jerky. It's uh, it's it's semi preserved. It won't last forever and it doesn't have to be in the refrigerator. Hmm. So um, well, that's a lot of information, a lot of cool <laughs> stuff, and there's still more to talk about. I'm sure. Oh gosh, yeah. Like I said, you're going forever about it. Well, let's okay. uh, let's show this shot because you can make earmuffs, right? <laughs> That's right. That's and an option. You can, you, can, you can customize anything you want when you trap it. That's right. That's our yeah. dog, Cricket. She wasn't too crazy about wearing the earmuffs. But your wife liked them, right? She Absolutely. <laughs> and you got a bobcat hat, right? I, like, I got a bobcat. I've got it on in one of the... Yeah, yeah. we showed that. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So anyway. Well, hey, I tell you what, folks. It's been a great, uh, great episode. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Uh, you can find us anywhere. Good place to start is tnwildlife.org. You can listen, watch, and and stay with us all the time. We're out there all the time, and all the old shows are out there. So keep coming back and keep watching. <laughs>